0: Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and live in our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope that you had a smashing week. I did. It's really hot here in Austin, but we do have a pool, so there will be no complaints. However, I do need to get out for my walks a lot earlier in the morning because it gets to 90 degrees before 8 a.m. where I am. So it's a little hot here, a little extreme, but that's all right. We're doing okay. Today, I thought it would be fun to do a little mid-year review. And I want to do that in a way that perhaps, to use Marie Kondo's language, sparks some joy as opposed to the opposite, which is sparking some shame, <laughs> which is very often where we end up when we pause to reflect and review on the progress we've made either throughout the year or the month or however you like to think about progress in your life. So I'm going to make the assumption that at the top of this year, you had some idea of where you wanted to be at the end of the year, whether it was a structured goal or a resolution or just an idea and vision or an intention or some sort of a feeling of where you want to be. When you think about where you are today, mid-year, which, by the way, sidebar, can you believe we're almost mid-year? Like, it's going to be July in a couple of weeks, and it was January, just a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know about you, but I'm freaking out a little bit at the cadence and speed of which this year is flashing by my eyes. But I digress. Back to this mid-year review. Wherever you thought at the beginning of the year that you wanted to go towards, in terms of the end of the year result, where are you today at this, let's call 50% mark? Are you ahead of where you thought you'd be, or are you not quite as far as you want to be? Let's break that down and let's do it without story or shame, but instead do it with a little humor and a little joy. So grab a pen and a piece of paper or your journal or whatever planning, productivity system it is you like to use, or just a Google Doc, I will actually have a Google Doc prepared for this podcast. So if you hit the link in the show notes in your podcast app, it will take you through to an opportunity to download a mid-year review template, which is going to help guide you if you're not actually going through this with me as we're doing this podcast. Whenever you want to do your mid-year review, just download the template or just listen to my prompts and do what inspires you. But I do highly encourage you to create a system or a ritual around doing reviews and reflections so that you can intentionally decide where it is you want to go from here. I, If there's one thing that I know from two years of coaching ADHDers now is that we get really frustrated with ourselves because we don't move in the direction that we want to. And Very often, that's because our brains are going so fast that we're not slowing down to touch down to the present moment and really understand what it is we want and whether or not the choices we're making are in alignment to that. So I find that these review processes are helpful to touch down and reflect on are we where we want to be and are the goals we actually set for ourselves previously even still relevant because life changes and we grow as human beings and our situations change. So Sometimes it's a good time to pivot and we can do all of that without shame or story about not following through on things or not finishing things or not being the person we want to be. We can just be intentional and take life as it comes. So with all that, a little preamble, let's jump right into this and start with the first half of this year. We'll take all of this from that perspective. And I want to be inclusive of any life situation, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad or somebody who works in corporate, whatever your situation is, I wanna make these uh, questions relevant to you. So let's take the last six months and review what we anticipated at the top of the year, assuming you had some idea, whether it was either a formal resolution or goal or just some idea of the direction that you wanted to go in this year. Given that we're 50% the way through the year, how is that going for you? Is it going better than expected or is it not going well as expected? Wherever you are on that milestone or journey, take a pause and consider some of the challenges that you have faced in your progress. So if you are not where you thought you were going to be, what has come up as a roadblock? What has felt really hard for you in this first half of the year that you weren't anticipating? I know for me, it uh, was travel and how much that would hold me back in terms of my rhythm and routines in my work and just in life in general. I was anticipating travel to be fun and it was absolutely that. But what I wasn't anticipating was how far back that would take me in my progress and my business and also in how I schedule client calls, things like that. So, that was one of the challenges that I came up with this year because I do want to be more nomadic and travel more. But I also understand that now I have some limitations around my business. I don't know how these digital nomads do it, but for me, having ADHD, I need a lot of structure and routine in order to be productive. So, that was a challenge and a blind spot that I had not anticipated previously, but I now know. In terms of your own goals and your own progress, where have you noticed challenges and blind spots? And as you reflect on that, is there anything that you can do in the later half of the year to address those challenges and blind spots? And this is not to say that every problem that we have needs a solution right away, but sometimes it's just good to shine a light on the areas where maybe you need some work and consider what you can do in the second half of the year to improve that. Or maybe it's just saying no to something or dropping something. I will say just in the context of what I just shared as an example, we're also going to go away in August and where my mindset would usually be, I'm going to bring my work with me. I'm going to bring my business with me. I now know that I can do that to some degree, but I need to lower my expectations of what I can get done and perhaps pause any sort of one-on-one calls so that I can be present in my travel and in my experience and actually have a vacation, which is very different than a workation, So that is something that I realize needs to change. And only because I tried it for the first time, and I learned a few things. And now I'm going to apply myself differently in the future. So how are things going to change for you in the future? And how can you better support your ADHD or any of your other comorbidities or your energy and your mental health and your physical health as you move through the rest of the year? The next thing I want to focus on, which is equally, if not way more important, actually, is to focus on your wins. I've talked about this before, but if you take the time to think about the things that do go well in your life, the wins that you do have, it trains your brain to go back into your short-term and long-term memory and remember the things that have gone well, remember the things that you have done well and neurons that wire together fire together, meaning that your brain starts to wire itself into an identity of person who does have wins and successes and does things well. So this is where I want you to spend the majority of your time thinking about, in terms of the reflection of the year that you've had so far, what has gone super well? What has gone moderately well or a modicum of wellness? What has gone right or what has surprised you and delighted you in terms of exceeding your expectations. Now, if I know you at all, you're probably sitting there with a blank look on your face thinking, uh, I don't know. Because for whatever reason, it's really hard for us to track our wins. So I'm gonna help you by going a little bit deeper into the various different stages of our world and think about specific examples. All right. So when you think about your health in the past six months, What has gone really well? Have you slept well? Have you eaten a little bit better? Have you made better choices around your health? Maybe you've adjusted a habit in a good way, either just slightly or like dramatically. It doesn't matter. The first step to changing a habit is the most important one. So if you are taking steps with your health, kudos to you and what were they and how can you celebrate that? Another area where I would love for you to focus on is work. What has gone well in the first six months of this year? Have you gotten any kudos or congratulations from your colleagues or your boss? Have you gotten a raise? Have you gotten a good review? Have you gotten more clients? Have you gotten great client feedback? I want you to marinate on those wins because they are really important. In your home environment, how are things going there? Have you kept a plant alive? (laughs) Did you declutter a space? Did you improve the look and feel of a room? How has your home improved in those last six months? And of course, in terms of family, friends, your romantic relationship, wherever you have connection with others in your community, however that looks to you, how has that gone in the last six months? Who have you improved a connection with? Who has really showed up for you in a way that you had not anticipated and that you were delighted or surprised by? Who has reached out to you that you hadn't heard from for a while and it made you feel really good? Really focus on the good about your relationships and what has warmed your heart in the last six months. And then financially, have you made any headway towards paying off debt or investing in your retirement funds? Have you been a little bit more intentional around your spending? Have you made any changes around your spending? Is there anything that you have really just been proud of in terms of how you're managing your money? And what maybe inspired those changes that has worked? Because I always encourage you to look at what has worked in order to do more of that. And then in terms of your emotional and mental or spiritual health, what has brought you the most joy or peace What has helped you manage anxiety, manage your energy? What sort of habits have really helped in terms of moving the dial on managing your ADHD symptoms? What has really helped you and supported you? And what can you do more of in the next half of the year? So now that you've done that, think about putting a number on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of each of those areas that I just mentioned, work home, family and connection or community, whatever that looks like for you, financial, physical health and mental health. If you were to put a number between one and 10, 10 being the bomb.com and one being it needs some work, what number would you put against all of those areas? The good thing about doing this is that in the next quarter or in the next month, however long you want to wait before you come back to review this, you'll have a numerical piece of data where you can measure where you are in the moment, and then you can reflect on those same things and the reasons behind whether they have either done really well or perhaps need some work. And then you can actually think about what you can do to improve those areas in your life. This is often called uh, the life wheel. I just gave it to you in a list format, but it's a really good way to measure how you're doing in your life. So It's simple. I will have this also listed out in the download for this week's uh, episode so you can take it and use it if you want. It's there for you or you can just let it go however you want to measure this year. I just want you to take a big chunk of time to think about your wins because that's important. Now thinking about like growth and personal and professional growth, what kind of skills or insights or lessons have you learned in this last six months. I'll tell you two things that stand out to me. They're actually quotes. The first one is a Chinese proverb and the proverb goes, tension is anything that you think you should be and relaxation is anything that you are. I may have tweaked the words a little bit on that, but that's the essence of the Chinese proverb. And when you think about that, tension is everything you think you should be. Relaxation is what you are. I don't know about you, but the power of that Idea and thought is something that I have been just marinating on for the last little while. And it's very evident around living authentically and self acceptance and accepting who you are, accepting your limitations, accepting that there are things that light you up and things that don't light you up. And when you are lit up, when you are authentic, when you are showing up as yourself, you'll feel more relaxed. And when you are putting on a mask and trying to show up to be something that the world expects you to be, but it's not truly who you are, you will feel tension. And I cannot think of a greater way to just gauge life and how well it's going for you. So that's one thing that I have been mulling over. And the other quote that I just heard yesterday, it was from a Tim Ferriss interview. And he said, any level of discomfort will only compound over time. So that is beautifully dovetailed from the Chinese proverb I just shared. But in terms of the areas of your life where there's tension or discomfort. If we don't address those things, which are called tolerations, when we tolerate things that are uncomfortable or where we're not showing up as ourselves, if we don't address them, they will, at the very best case scenario, continue to exist where we get to a point where we ignore it, uh, but it's still there. And the very worst case scenario, it will continue to compound and become more and more of a problem. So I invite you, I do want to keep this in a very positive frame of mind, I invite you to think about where in the areas of your life are you feeling relaxed and where can you lean more into that? And think of a few areas where you do feel tension and where you can make changes, where there's a way for you to tolerate it less and empower yourself to actually make those changes. I know that in some situations, we can't make changes. Maybe you can't (laughs) change your mother-in-law who gives you a lot of tension (laughs) and a lot of discomfort. So maybe you can't change that, but there's got to be other things in your life where you can relax more and tolerate less. So maybe jot down a few of those things that can become goals for the second half of the year. So with that said, looking forward to next year, What areas of your personal life or in your business or in your work do you want to focus on this quarter or this half year? Do you want to focus on the things where you're feeling some tension? Or do you want to focus on the areas where you feel relaxed and you feel joy? And do you want to double down on those things? Because different seasons are going to enable us and empower us to do different things. So think about the season that you're in. If you are in a season where you are, uprooting your life and moving to a new city or a new home, that might not be the season for you to create new sleep habits or a morning routine or anything like that when you're in a state of flux. But maybe in those situations, it is a good time for you to double down on decluttering or thinking about how you want to be in your new home so that you can set your new home up to support new habits. Even in those seasons of transition, There's opportunities for us to make change for the next season of stability where we can instill things that are going to make life a little more relaxed and less tense. So think about that in terms of the next quarter or the next six months. And then when you're ready, let's come back to the idea of learning and books and other sort of modalities of consumption because if I know you at all, I know that you are somebody who is constantly procrastinating learning and thinking that if you just take that next certification or that next course, then you'll be good enough to do the thing. So I want to take this moment for you to pause and think about any of the courses or learning and books that you have consumed in the first half of this year and ask yourself, what has felt resonant to you? What has uh, felt like it has made an impact on you? And what is still undone? What is still to be done? And is it still worth doing? I think that's a good question to ask. Sometimes we buy things and it's a little impulsive in the moment because we think we want to do it. And then we realize somewhere down the line that it's not something we want to do. So if there's a return policy with whatever it was that you bought that you no longer want to do, see if you can uh, investigate that. But otherwise. Just assume it's a sunk cost and let it go. It doesn't need to take up cognitive space in your mind anymore. But I do invite you in this moment to just review everything that you've learned in the last six months and anything that you want to just archive and say, I've learned that it might become relevant down the line, but I'm going to leave that for now. Or maybe there's something that you're continuing to learn that is really inspiring for you and you're excited to learn more. That's where you want to start thinking about how you want to plan that out for the next six months. So are you going to take courses? Are you going to put time on your calendar to finish the courses that you've already purchased? Are you thinking about certain courses that are still undone and using that as a roadblock or a point of procrastination where you can give yourself permission to proceed either without finishing the course or just finishing the course and getting it done? These are all really important questions to think about the progress that you're making professionally and personally in terms of your self-development and your professional development. So now that you have reflected on the year and taken some ideas of where you want to move forward, now we're going to look at the next six-month timeline since that's the context that we're working with today and think about, with intention, what projects can you realistically commit to in the next six months. And I want to underscore projects as opposed to goals, because if I said goal, you might be thinking, oh, I wanna lose 20 pounds in the next six months, or I wanna get a new job. And those are great things to aspire to, but there's a lot of action steps that need to take place in order to attain that. And as ADHDers, it can be very difficult for us to create an action plan from a goal. It, it's just not how our brain works. So I want to talk about projects instead because projects, to me, seems like the the reasonable point of entry between a goal and all of the action steps that need to be taken. So if, for example, you want to lose 20 pounds in the next six months, one of your projects might be finding a fitness program that resonates with you and works with your schedule and your budget and committing to it and then organizing it into your schedule and figuring out when you're going to actually do things. That is a project in and of itself. Um, Or in your business, if you want to make a certain amount of revenue, what are the projects that you need to work on in order for that revenue to take place? Projects is, I just think in my mind, a more tangible way to think about what you can actually get done in the next six months. I'll talk about a few of my own projects when I get into more of my personal updates. But for you, like I just mentioned, it could be any of those smaller things that will take you closer to the goal that you want to have for yourself at the end of this year. And the key word here is also realistic (laughs) because uh, very often we can get a little ahead of ourselves. Within your life and all those various different areas of life that I suggested earlier where you were doing those measurements, maybe go back there. Where is an area of your life where you want to lean into more, where you want more relaxation and less tension? And is there a project you can commit to that will potentially get you there. And then once you have your projects listed out, you can then take it one step further to start breaking down all of the tasks that need to happen in order to complete that project and put them on your calendar. So that would be part of your weekly or monthly productivity ritual. But at this point, I just want you to think about the projects and maybe put a pin in it until you have time to actually think through all the things that need to happen in order to finish that project. Now, just for shits and giggles. Think of a few dreamy goals or manifestations, if that's a word you like to use, you would like to materialize in the next six months. This doesn't have anything to do with your projects or your tasks or objectives or anything like that. Just something that warms your heart, that would bring more relaxation into your life, something that would bring you joy. And just. Write it down somewhere, write it down on the piece of paper that you are working on right now Just say, wouldn't it be awesome if X, Y, and Z happened? So on that note, I have now given you a structure for thinking about the year that you've had so far and what you want to bring forward into the year ahead. I hope that framework was helpful to think about what you want to focus on in the next half of this year. And now I'll give you a few updates on my own life and business. I'll start with business because I know that I have promised to be transparent about this goal that I'm working on, which is creating six figures of passive revenue in my business in 2023. That was the goal that I set for myself at the top of this year. I didn't set any personal goals, which I think probably I should have, but I did not. The goal that I had is, I would say, going maybe at 25% of where I think it should be. And by that, at this point in my journey, I should be around 50,000 in passive revenue in my business. And I am not there. So I think I'm somewhere between 25 and 30. I have not done a financial review of this quarter yet, so I can't say for certain. But I can say for certain that I am not tracking towards my goal. Now, I could... Make that mean something about me that I'm not a successful entrepreneur, that I say things and I don't follow through on them, or all of these different things. I don't believe any of that. When I set this goal at the top of this year, I set it for a very specific reason because I want more freedom in my business in order to work from a place of energy. So, on the days that I have good energy, I can choose to do certain things. And on the day that I have low energy, I can choose to do no things. (laughs) That is my most important value freedom time freedom, money freedom, they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned, is my highest value because that honors everything else in my life. So that was the goal. And while I'm not doing as well as I had hoped, I also have the realization that I've never set a goal like this before. I've never attempted to make six figures in passive revenue. And again, this has nothing to do with the coaching side of my business. This is an area of my business that I'm growing slowly and over time. And I know that there are certain things that I could have doubled down on and focused on that would definitely accelerate my passive revenue, but they're things that I don't want to do. And as I continue to refine the things that I want to do in my business, I'm very particular about the things I will do and won't do. They have to align with my integrity. They have to align with my energy. And they had to be things that light me up because if I'm building a business that I hate, I might as well stay in corporate and make way more money and work way less hours. I'm okay with where I'm at in terms of the journey that I'm on. And I am still holding tight to that goal of six figures in passive revenue and beyond. And I feel completely comfortable to adjust my timeline in order to stay in alignment with doing it in the way that I want to. And to that end, one thing that I have changed, and this is very recent and will reflect in the next six months going forward, I signed up for a group coaching program. And I'll share more about this in future episodes for my entrepreneurs. But this group coaching program is designed specifically for intentional entrepreneurs that want to move towards more passive forms of revenue to either accommodate for less one-on-one work or no one-on-one work. This is a couple that runs this program. I've been following them for a while. I don't believe they have ADHD, but if I tell you that this is the most ADHD-friendly program I have ever ever seen, I am not understating it. They are very neurodivergent friendly. Their program is very interesting and easy to follow. And just the quality of work in this program is insane. I've seen a lot of programs that very often fall short, but this one definitely not the case. So I will also uh, link to them below if you're interested in learning more about them. By the way, all of the links that I talk about in the show will also be in my Sunday setup newsletter. So if you're on the newsletter, you're going to get these links anyways. And if you're not on the newsletter, then you'll want to hit one of these uh, links in order to get on the newsletter and get your goodies. On the flip side, my coaching business is doing really well to the point where I've had to start taking offers off my website because I'm pretty maxed out when it comes to coaching. And that's a good problem to have, but it is still the problem nonetheless because I can't make any more hours in the day. And there's only so many hours I can dedicate to coaching. I do still love my one-on-one clients and that will not change, but I'm finding now that demand is exceeding the amount of time that I have available to me. And it makes me realize that these other offerings that I could be doing that are more passive and more self-coaching oriented would make a lot of sense for my audience. So i that to say, I'm trying to balance the effort it takes up front to create passive revenue in my business with consistently serving the clients I already have. And that can be, can be a challenge, but I'm doing it. And so that's where I am on the business front. Now, on the personal side, like this year has gone really well for me. I've shared a little bit about the travels that we've had and the things I've learned about that, so I won't get into it. But what I will also say um, on the personal side is that I have been a fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work for a long time. He's an author. He does workshops. He's all over the Internet. So if you Google Dr. Joe Dispenza, you will find him. And his whole premise of his work is that with intentional thought changes and applied meditation, you can intentionally change your life in sometimes dramatic ways, and I don't want to oversell that because he's not selling snake oil like you're going to change who you are going from a caterpillar to a butterfly in 30 minutes or free, but he has seen some tremendous changes in the people that have come to his retreats or you know, people that have followed his work, and I have been like really intrigued with his ideas. So I've been following him for a long time, and I finally bit the bullet to go to one of his week-long intensive. So I'm doing that shortly, in a few weeks, and I'm really excited for this retreat. And I will definitely do a review of the whole thing for those of you who are Joe Dispenza fans like myself. But at any rate, when you sign up for one of his week-long retreats, you get his two first introductory courses, right? This is all provided digitally. And basically, those courses are the preamble to his meditation practices so that when you go to the retreat, you are going straight into the actual practices and you've covered all the theory. So the theory part is what I have gone through in the last couple of months as I've worked through these courses that he offers. And what has occurred to me is that all of this is based on yoga philosophy and yoga science. He doesn't actually allude to that in his dialogue and in his work, And there's a very specific reason around that. And he says it in one of his courses. He says, religion separates us, but science unites us. So I think that had he been talking about his work in the context of kundalini yoga and energy centers, which are chakras, and all of these things that he talks about, if he actually used that spiritual nomenclature, a lot of people would shut down to it because it sounds too esoteric. Also, a lot of people need science in order to believe what people say. I'm one of those people. So as much as I am very committed to a yoga practice and yoga philosophy and have been for 20 years now, I also am very committed to science. So I love the fact that he takes this yogic approach without using any yoga terminology and backs it by science because he does have a scientific background as well. And in the retreats, you go deep in terms of the actual practices of that. So I'm really looking forward to that. However, as I have realized that everything he's talking about is kundalini and chakras, I thought to myself, I want to go back to the study of yoga. Some of you who've been around a while know that I went to India in 2007 and did a yoga teacher training where you would learn the traditional practices of teaching people how to do yoga asana. But I also had equal parts... Yoga philosophy training. And it turned out that was the part that I loved the most. So, for that part of the training that I did, they brought in this PhD in yoga philosophy. And this guy was amazing, this teacher. He was not only prolific in terms of his knowledge and the way he talked about yoga philosophy, but just his presence and the way he approached life and the way he thought about things touched everybody in that course. He is an amazing human being, like one of the kindest, most present human beings you would ever meet. But he's also somebody who is not wearing yoga clothes and feels too out of reach or unrelatable. He just, he's a regular man who is an academic, but is clearly also somebody who practices what he preaches. So anyways, when I met him in 2007, he had a profound impact on me. I've spoken about in the past, and I can share in another story. But to make this story not too long, he had a tremendous impact on me, and I have often looked to see if he's ever done anything since. This was back in 2007, as I said. And again, he's a PhD, so he usually teaches in more of an academic context he's not on instagram or anything like that but once in a while as i've googled him certain things have shown up on youtube courses he's done or lectures he's done and i've been able to access those but i hadn't searched for him in a little while and then as i'm going through this joe dispenza work and realizing that it's based on kundalini and the chakras and i wanted to start learning more about that because i think it's relevant to this adhd audience because a lot of these practices that we do to improve our energy and our chakras are related to how we impact our mind and our focus and our concentration and our sense of self regulation which as I've talked about before are really important for ADHDers so i as i have a, this desire to dive deeper into these topics i'm really cautious about who i'm learning these things from because especially here in the west a lot of things have been interpreted differently and they're not Taken from the original source. So I've been looking at different teachers and, you know, where should I learn more and who do I trust to go deeper into these studies for myself? And so I can bring these to my audience in a very non esoteric way. I will warn you there because I'm only a woo and a half and I need to be relatable to all people. Anyway, as I'm thinking about that and I'm reading, picking up different books and stuff like that, one day I'm randomly on YouTube uploading something for my own channel. And I see on the feed a picture of Dr. G, who is that uh, PhD they brought into the program that I did in 2007 in India. And there's his face on this thumbnail on YouTube, very randomly, because I wasn't searching for anything at the time. I was doing work on my own channel. And the title of the video that he appears on says, Busting Myths Around Kundalini and the Chakras. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's almost like the universe said, okay, Karen, you want the most credible person that you already know and trust to share with you the exact thing that you're looking for? It's like the universe took on the intention of Google and handed him to me on a silver platter. Not only was it somebody I knew from, what is that, 15 years ago now, which blows my mind that's 15 years ago, but is also somebody that I respect and who has a lot of academic training and... It's on the exact topic that I have wanted to go deeper into. Not only that, when you randomly land on a video on YouTube, it could be something that was just posted or something that was posted six years ago. And there's some YouTube videos of him from a long time ago. This particular video was only posted like the day before. It was 24 hours fresh on YouTube. And it was the preamble to a program that he was going to be teaching that weekend Online on that very topic of chakras and kundalini yoga. So, this was like the introductory talk they were using as a promotional aspect. He was like a featured speaker for some other platform, some other brand that had hired him to come on and be like their featured speaker. So, when I saw this and I watched the video, and I'll link to it below if you're interested, he's got a very thick Indian accent. So, you may not even be able to follow what he's talking about. But when I saw him and I saw that this video was just fresh, and it was promoting uh, a course that I could take that weekend, which was very affordable and very doable for me. Because again, on India's time, I was able to do it first thing in the morning and show up live with him and see him again and say hi. And he remembered me, and it was the most amazing course. And I learned so much. And of course, only scraping the serpent for surface. me of the depth of these topics, but. What he gave me and what I took away from that program could be nothing short of, I think, a divine intervention from the universe. So if you believe in manifestation, that is the kookiest manifestation story that I have been able to share in a long time. But at any rate, I've reconnected with him and hopefully I can learn a lot more from him because I think the things that he's talking about, if we just call them breathing techniques and breathing practices, they help you. With self regulation, with focusing your mind, with staying present in the moment and managing your energy. They may seem esoteric because they're part of yoga philosophy and they're extremely old ancient practices, but they're also rooted in science, which is why I love Dr. Joe Dispenza's take on all of this as well. I think there's space for both of it, but I do want to give proper respect to the origins of it, which is yoga philosophy. And I'm just, so excited to dive deeper into that. So I don't know what my path of learning is going to be with that going forward. I haven't really crafted that yet, but I know it's going to become a big part of my second half of this year. Because as I mentioned, I've always wanted to teach yoga, but far beyond the aspect of downward dog, upward dog. Those things are great. Asana is fantastic. But yoga goes much deeper and it's much richer. It's, for lack of a better word, it's a technology that you can use to apply to your life. And I now realize if I look in reverse at my life, that quote of Steve Jobs that says, you can only understand your life and connect the dots in reverse. I have always had this passion for yoga. I've taken three teacher training courses now and two yoga philosophy courses. So I've got a lot of training under my belt and yet I've never actually taught A formal physical yoga class. And it's never really been my intention. But as I look back in my life, the reason why I've been so drawn to it is that it now supports and informs the teaching that I want to do, the coaching that I want to do. So while you may not be somebody who's into yoga or care to learn more about yoga, and you might never see any reference to yoga in what I say or in my coaching practices or my products, just know that. The roots of it are coming from that. And because they are rich and deep and very helpful to everything that we experience as ADHDers. So that's a bit of a tangent, but that's what we do. (laughs) And that is my update, my personal update. So to bring that all um, into one tidy little bow, I'm really excited for the next half of this year. I am excited to continue forward with my business, with this podcast and my YouTube channel and growing this community. And I just want us all to grow and thrive because we deserve to live a meaningful, happy, joyful life that's not anxiety and stress-induced. That's all I want for us. So on that note, I'm gonna wrap things up here. And if you've been listening all the way to the end, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And of course, don't forget to download your template so that you can do your own half-year review. And I love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next Friday. Ciao for now.